Welcome to More Than a Sign, where we talk to some of Milwaukee's most productive realtors, up-and-coming realtors, and those that work alongside us. However, rather than being a platform for shameful self-promotion, these are intimate discussions about the journey, the struggle, the fear, and ultimately, the personal growth along the way. At the end of the day, nobody really cares about what we do. All that really matters is who we are. Today, we're going to learn who Scott Campbell is. But before we do, let me just share with you that over the course of Scott's 40-year career, he has sold in excess of a billion dollars. That's with a B. And uh, Scott has seen it all. He's done it all. He is a major player in the industry. But no disrespect, Scott intended. Who really cares about that? Right. Let's talk about Scott the guy. So I've done about, I don't know, let's say between a dozen and two dozen of these so far. I've started this year. Mm-hmm. And I reached out to you a couple times. Mm-hmm. And thank you. Thank you for doing this. And I know okay. I had to ask a couple times, but I would have kept asking because of a couple reasons. Number one, I've always really liked you. And I think you've always treated me the same way from, from the day we met. And I think you have an innate way of making people feel special, which is a gift. Mm-hmm. And number two, and equally as importantly, there aren't a lot of big personalities in this business. And you're really one of them. You've always had a really big kind of gregarious, outgoing personality. You get away with saying things that other people can't yeah, say. Yeah, I've been told that a lot. Yeah. Right. And it's a great trait. It's a fun trait. I think a lot of people in our industry, we take ourselves a little too seriously. I agree. And you just, you have fun and you get people to relax and not take themselves so seriously or the deal so seriously. Right. And I think it's a gift. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a lot of times where you want to make, you know, there's so many people that get so tightened up by, you know, looking to buy a house and that we try to you know, I've always tried to make it to be a little bit more, how should I say, funner, you know, in a way, but serious. I mean, you know, having that personality, you know, I, I think it comes through my upbringing of my parents. You know, my mom was very outgoing and I saw what she did and I always liked it and people loved her and mm. they loved my parents. And and so I, you know, kind of grew into that, you know, kind of family that, you know, where we're always... Uh, my, my parents, my mother would always say, you know, Scott, just be humble. Be mm. humble. You know, everybody has a bad day. Always try to make their day a little bit better. And that's how I always kind of look at things. Mm-hmm. Just try to make people enjoy the opportunity of looking to buy a property and tell them, you know, if, if it doesn't fit right, don't pursue it. You know, mm-hmm. don't force yourself because you'll be miserable in the long run, you yeah. know, because you're always doubting yourself. Why did I do this? Were you an extrovert as a little kid? Yeah. So right from the get-go. Oh, yeah. Guns a-blazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the teacher sent me to the principal's office all the time, you know. Not, sure. Not for real bad things, but just for, you know. You were working on your material in yeah, class. Yeah, I sure was. <laughs> right. yeah. You know, I should have been a comedian, a stand-up comedian, but I usually need a couple of bourbons and a cigar for that. That helps. You know, but it's always a good time. I mean, but I take things seriously, and I try to comfort a lot of people that are going through a lot of tough times, like divorce. Mm-hmm or a loss of a, you know, spouse or whatever. And, uh, you know, I've been through that myself and, uh, I know how people feel and that loss is, uh, really, uh, really tough. On yeah. people. Right. So I like um, to be compassionate as much as I can. And that's just me real, not something that I want to do, you know, to, 
try to make it happen. It's just that I feel people very well in the sense of, you know, where they're coming from. I mean, yeah. it's just a, a gift that I think you're born with. You right. know, I don't think everybody has it. Well, they say that comedians, the funniest people on the planet, also have big hearts and are very sensitive yeah. and are dealing with a lot, and that's just yeah. an expression. Yeah. You know. Well, I was with a couple good friends of mine up in Door County for the weekend and that, and uh, they've got a house up in Green Bay on, on, on the lake there, and I go up there often and that, and they always say, you know, we always appreciate when you come up because, you know, you're always a good time. Mm-hmm. And uh, you go out of your way to help us, you know. And I, we're just sitting there laying around or whatever, and, I, you know, the grass needs to be cut, and I just grab the lawnmower out of there. I start cutting it mm-hmm. because in some ways it's like therapy for me. Yeah. Kind of enjoy those things. Hmm. And, uh, and, you know, we're sitting at dinner, and they said, you know, Scott, you're probably one of the most generous people I've ever met. Mm-hmm. And I've had that been said to me several times. Where does that come from? I think my mom and my dad. We didn't come from a wealthy family or anything like that. I grew up in the south side of Chicago in a, a suburb. Hmm. And uh, we moved out in 79 or 78, I think it was, up to Wisconsin. My dad was with the Continental Can Company. Hmm. And he was in upper management. And uh, my dad had the same traits, I would say, you know, as uh, outgoing in that. And my dad was involved in a lot of the production side of it. And everybody loved him at, you know, at his funeral, people were crying because they said union guys, because my father could sit down with them and he could negotiate with them and see both sides of what is needs to be done. And Mm. uh, he said, the guy was telling me, he says, you know, your father would, he'd call up the Bay Bakery and, you know, order, I don't know, 50 pounds of ham and that Mm. for the whole plant. And he was just that way in a sense of giving for their for their good production and that. And you don't see that that much anymore. Right. You know, people are just, you go to work and you come home and you just don't feel like you've ever been needed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I've learned that from my dad because everybody just says that. Every time I s- see people at uh, some of the clubs that I'm affiliated with, uh, I always brought my dad after my mom died. I said, you know, I'm not going to let him sit in a chair and rot away. So Yeah, those relationships are precious, aren't they? I'd give anything. They are, and I really miss uh, my mom and dad a lot, you know, because they were just so inspirational to me. Um, On the other hand, my brother, he's more of an introvert. He was a military guy, uh, Navy SEAL, retired. He was just always just real quiet and, you know, hardworking guy, great family man, Mm -hmm. you know. But uh, totally different. I'm the playboy. I like to to spend my money. Mm Mm-hmm. Isn't it interesting how you can raise two boys? Like I have two boys, mm-hmm. and and my brother and I were two boys, mm-hmm. and you can raise two boys in a very similar environment, but they could be so different. It's oh, totally different it's pieces. Crazy, of clay. yeah, absolutely crazy. You know, because we are total opposites, oil and water, mm-hmm. and we don't mix, and we can't discuss politics because we're both on the opposite side of the politics side. Sure. So I try to keep that out of the way. Sometimes I throw a little poke at him or whatever. Right. You know, it kind of gets everybody a little, you know, my sister-in-law says, oh, we can't start doing that now. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you mentioned relationships before. And mm-hmm. when we look at our business, our industry, and how much it's changed, mm-hmm. there's such a focus on social media and some of these other things, yeah. marketing. But at the end of the day, it's relationships. I mean, the totally. people that are successful really get that, right? Yeah, totally. I think part of my career accelerated is I'm so social by one-on-one contact, you know, and that to me is, I think, 
so much better than the social media. I mean, social media helps. I mean, that's what it is today, and that's what it's going to be, I think, for a long time in our industry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for us guys that have been in it for about 40 years, I mean, it's really difficult to kind of change a little bit. But you have to, you know, because you have to accept that, you know. Yeah. And uh, I do some of the social media, but, you know, mainly I, I, I it's all about, getting together, having a party at your house with some good close friends. And then everybody interacts and they always talk about, you know, how's the real estate business. Cause you know what, you know, Rick, everybody's interested in knowing about real estate. Right. I mean, anywhere you go, you go to the grocery store, you go in that, hey, you know, Scott, how's the market doing? You know what I mean? And, and you put a positive spin, even though the market is even maybe in a negative territory, you know, what we've done in the past with the recession and that. Mm-hmm. And, if you keep creating negativity thoughts and patterns, there's always something positive out of everything. Mm-hmm. So I think that talking with people and trying to say, Hey, things are not that bad, right? You know, they're bad, but they're not that bad. But in our market right now, I mean, you know, things are good. And I think doing that social networking is a big thing and, you know, going to fundraising events, you know, and I think that's where a lot of my giving is given. Mm is going to not just the event to socialize and maybe pick up some business or something like that, but just to to be there and actually help the the organization that's looking to, you know, try to get whatever they're trying to do. So I was, as I was driving over here this morning, I was thinking that I don't think we've ever competed over a listing before. And it made me think that, you know, you're a relationship guy and the people that you're working with are calling you. Right. Like they're not calling you and me or or you and three other people. Like yeah. you've developed relationships. No, it's just like this morning somebody called me up and, you know, said, hey, we're thinking about selling Scott and you're our guy. And mm-hmm. there's times where, you know, I'll say maybe you want to bring somebody else in and just get an opinion, you know, and mm-hmm. some people do it and that. But if you're in competition with something, you don't get it, then so be it. I mean, you know, if it's meant to be, and that's how I always think, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Mm-hmm. People, when I talk to them, they say, oh, so-and-so got that listing and, you know, they're going to, you know, boom, boom, boom. There has to be a, a positive side of the spin. Yeah. Because not all listings sell with the same people. As you know, in our business, you know, we could have a listing on the market for a while and client will say, you know what, it's just time for some change. And sometimes what's more irritating is, is that a client will turn around and you'll, or you'll, you'll turn around and you'll tell a client, well, I think you should, you know, we should stage this, we should paint this, we should right. do this. Lower then, the price. Oh, but. yeah, lower the price. And then all of a sudden the next person comes in and right. they get the price lowered and they get the staging and everything done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Rick, you know, it's like, oh, man, if they would have done that for me, it would have made my job a little easier. But, you know, right. the next, but sometimes that's what it takes. Yeah. And that's why you sometimes encourage a second opinion. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you get that second opinion, people, they'll see what you're saying and then they'll decide to do it, you know. Yeah. And it usually works that way. So you're a big personality, always fun. I'm always thrilled to see you. You're one of the few guys that if you see somebody in a restaurant, you hop up out of your chair, you come over. You no, I see you out all nice the time. We say, like being right. at the same places, man. <laughs> um, but there's a difference between a big personality and a big ego. Mm-hmm. And transactions that we've done over the years, there's a big personality, but there isn't a big ego. You no. don't let no. your you don't let anything get in the way of a deal. You try to make it easy. You try to make it a win-win. You know, and that's the thing. You'll turn around and you'll have somebody that's got that big ego or whatever, and I just kind of let them run their course a little bit. And then you kind of, you almost try to compromise is what you're trying to do because there's some people that don't really want to compromise. 
They think they they know everything. My theory has always been I gave up knowing everything a long time ago and better off. Because you know what? It only gets us into trouble. Mm -hmm. And you know, throughout my 40-year career, I've never been sued. I've never been taken to court. And I think that's a big thing because a lot of people, as you know, in our industry, we get small claims lawsuits or whatever. I'm not saying that I haven't bought a dishwasher or upgraded somebody's Mm -hmm. uh, electrical panel because they... But you you did what was right. I did what was right. And that has a lot of credibility with a lot of people. And it's like somebody like, you know, we sold a house or a condominium in Port Washington. And she called me up and she said, the garage door openers don't work. And I said, just call somebody up, get them to recode them, call the condo association. They weren't getting along anywhere. And I mean, our job's not done once we close and collect our check. Exactly. We try to help. And that made a big difference with these people because, and then the bill came and I said, you know, give me the bill. You know, it was like 180 bucks, 200 bucks or something like that. And I said, I'll get us reimbursed on it. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, that would be terrific. You know, because they're, they're a young couple, first time home buyers. But what I did was I just turned around and I uh, put some cash in an envelope and, you know, she worked at a bank and I said, here, here, we got paid for it. Yeah. I don't want them to know I paid for it. Right. It's all about just making it right for those guys. Best couple hundred dollars you could spend. Absolutely. Just doing the right she thing. was like thrilled because she said, oh, we'll probably get screwed, you know. And as you know, first time home buyers are tight. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, you try to help them along the way or whatever. You know, I, the biggest thing in our career is in my days going back, I've done really well and I've kind of managed my money pretty well. Mm-hmm. And uh, to me, it's all more about the client and the customer being happy than it is the initial buck. I mean, I need money to pay my bills. Right. But they're paying me to do a job, and if something's wrong, I want to make sure it's corrected. Because, you know, when I leave this earth, I hope there's many people that see me as a person. You know, when they come to my funeral, they'll Mm -hmm. say, you know, this is a great guy, just like they did with my father. This is a great guy. He will be missed. He's changed the world. He's changed a lot of personalities and a lot of people to see things that, you know, are better. Yeah. You know, I'm not a narcissist. Right. I always tell people I leave my ego at home or I take it down to Naples, Florida, where I've got a place. <laughs> okay. You know, I mean, if I want to act like a crazy man or something like that, I'm not going to do it in my community where they see me, you know, mm-hmm. being kind of like out, you know, crazy. Sure. Running down the road on the freeway in my car, you know, doing 100 miles an hour or something. But, you know. So your funeral will be the first time that you're not working the room. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm there, still working but, it, believe me. Right, you know, right. I'll probably wake up or flinch or something, and everybody Something's, will just yeah, like, it's oh, not my God, he's back again. Right. <laughs> they didn't want him. <laughs> no, they didn't want him. God said, no way. You know, it's, it's like, you know, you need a couple of more years out of it. And I hope I get a few, you know, good years. You know, it's all about being happy and healthy. Yeah. You know, I, like I said, I always stress, you know, everybody that gets into this business, Rick, I, I always stress stress that uh, you should really be humble. Mm-hmm. Try to be a humble person and try to be a good person. But you know what? There's some times where you got to speak out and you got to say what you mean, you know. Mm-hmm. For sure. So two-thirds of your life you've been doing this. Yeah. I got out of high school and went right into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to go to college for become a psychotherapist or psychologist, and I was going to uh, – I was really enthralled or, you know, by – Dr. Ruth Westheimer, sexually speaking, I'm on the air. And sure. uh, I thought that that would be a, a great part of psychology to study. So I started for 
about a year in that. And then when I was studying, I had an uncle that needed to be taken care of, and uh, he bought a condo in Grafton uh, through a developer back in the recession. Hmm. And his name was Bob Aiken. Actually, Bob Aiken was one of the guys that got me actually into the business. He was a developer and did mm-hmm. a lot of real estate stuff. And he said, hey, uh, Scott, he said, you know, do you want to hold some open houses? You know, we'll pay you. We're trying to sell it. We're running you through this, you know. You could study and do whatever you want when people came through. I mean, during the recession, interest rates were like 17 or 18 percent. So mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot. But we ended up, I ended up selling all, all the properties. Mm-hmm. There was 23 units. Yeah. And so I sold During a the, tough time. During a tough time. And I was really into it and I really liked it. And they, they thought I was a natural for it. Yeah. And so I, I jumped on that bandwagon and I got my uh, real estate license, which I, I got my broker's license, hmm. you know. And then I worked for uh, Bruce Berry and Gleistein. Mm-hmm. So once we sold out those condos, uh, Bob went into a different direction. And I, uh, he uh, planted me, talked to a couple of people at Bruce Berry and Gleistein, uh, Jim Bruce and uh, Mac Powell. I don't know if you remember Mac Powell. I remember Jim, but not Mac. Yeah, Mac was all, he was a legend too. Mm. And he was, he was great. And to work under those guys or work under Mac Powell's leadership uh, really made a big difference. Mac was a great guy. And uh, very outgoing and funny and, you know, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed working with them in that. Yeah. I mean, you prove that you can work hard and be successful and have fun too. Oh, you got to, you right. know, you got to. People are just so serious, you know, and, and, it, and the business is serious and I don't take it lightly. Mm-hmm. But I think once you get it down pat, you know how to, to work around it, to make it easy. You know, I think so many real estate a- agents make things so difficult, you know, <laughs> I mean, the, it's like, talk it out, you know, work it out, mm-hmm. work it out with the other colleague that you're working with on the other side of the deal. Right. And so you can at least work something out that would be mutual between the buyers and the sellers, if it's a listing or even if it's a sale. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't do that. You know, they, right. they think they know it all and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they just, they cause themselves not to make a living. And like we had that experience a few weeks ago where mm-hmm. we sat down and, mm-hmm. and just tried to collaborate and figure yeah. out how to bring people together. And you mm-hmm. know what? They're both winners. They both won. Yeah. And, um, Except and we, we got that too. chimney inspection today. Right? <laughs> okay. you know, got to make sure that that goes okay. Uh, <laughs> that'll be our next sit down. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Um, We're going to make it happen. So, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of realtors, they take a hard line on everything. And, yeah. and sometimes I think to myself, does this person realize that like we're going to be talking again next yeah. month and in yeah. six months and in a year? Yeah. Like yeah. why, you know, why doesn't have to be a battle. Yeah. We're all trying to get to the same point. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and you know, there's so many people in our industry that have these really super egos and they're not really all that successful. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, they make a, a good living, but they don't make a big living, you know, like, like we do. I, mean, I think we do really, really well in our industry because we do what we know is right to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't try to, you know, it's just, there's so many narcissists in this industry yeah. and there's so many people that are just uh, so full of drama and backstabbing mm-hmm. and, you know, and it never used to be that way, but I always see the, the Chicago politics side, you know, kind mm-hmm. of moving into our, our little, nest egg of great realtors in our area. Then the new generations are coming in and, 
And, you know, it's just all this backstabbing constantly, mm. you know, and I see that. I don't really experience it as much because I think when you start out with a get-to-know-you type of a situation with your colleague, I think then, oh, he seems really easy to work with, and I have to, you know, I mean, you still keep your guard up. I mean, mm-hmm. when you're taking it in and you're listening, you know where it's going and which direction. The whole idea is to try and flip it a different way so it's not going to go down. Mm-hmm. And I think that really is, it's a tactic in our industry that you have to listen and then just kind of, you know, incorporate that into where you think this is headed. And if it's heading south, you have to try and come back on the one house that, you know, you and I are dealing with. You know, we had a couple of offers and, you know, just trying to go back and forth. And I never burned any bridges like, you know, Mm -hmm. oh, your client's out of their mind or you never get really, you know, you know how people sometimes get, you know, I can't. They take it personally. Oh, they do. And with this one agent, you know, I just said, you know, we're just not there. Maybe maybe your buyer will step up to the plate in a week or two or whatever, and let's see if we can, you know, try to put this together. And he was a really good agent, and I thought that uh, the way he handled it was well, and we communicated every, you know, week or two, any, you know, any movement or whatever. And mm-hmm. and I, like everybody says, oh, there's something maybe coming down the line, you know. Right. But it was honest. It was, I was honest with him. I mean, mm-hmm. I said, you know, truthfully, I said, yeah, definitely. I said, there's, there's some people hanging their hat up right now and just thinking about it. And it was one of your clients that mm-hmm. was doing that. And, uh, you know, they came to the table. Yeah. I think one of the things that newer agents to this industry have to realize is it's the friendships that sometimes oh, close the gap, right? Everything. It's well, the, it's the relationships. Right, exactly. Relationships are everything. I mean, and like I said, you know, you never, when you see somebody out, always say hi, you know, buy somebody a drink or whatever. That's just how I am. Yeah. And even with clients, I mean, you know, clients that I've had 10, 15 years ago, they're still in their houses. I see them out at Elsa's or someplace out to dinner or whatever. And it's not unusual for me to pick up a dinner tab or buy a round of drinks for their table or something like that. It goes a long way. I think a lot of realtors are cheap. Right. You know, you have to spend Mm -hmm. money to make money. If I go back and I look at how many times I've done that, the amount of money that it really costed me. I mean, we invest money into so many crazy things that come along our way. You know, mm-hmm. we get phone calls all day long. We're going to do this. We're going to put you at the top here and the right. top there. And, you know, you go with them and you're paying $1,000 a month or something for something. I could turn around and I could go out to dinner and, and see people and build even the relationship further mm-hmm. by just buying them. You know, it's, it's 50%. I can deduct it. It's not all about that. Yeah. But it's about those relationships. And that's right. really important in our industry. Go out and do nice things for people, including Cobrokes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's not unusual to turn around and uh, buy lunch or something for a a Cobroke like yourselves. Or Mm -hmm. it's just uh, even the ones you might have had a bad experience with, you still try to break the ice sometimes. And it's not often. Yeah. You know, I don't try to let those guys get away with uh, making the whole thing be a horrible experience for everybody. So, how do you stay? fresh and invigorated after 40 years? God, that's a really good question. (laughs) Smoke a lot of cigars and drink a lot of bourbon and buy a lot of fancy cars. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I walk two miles a day. You know, I broke down and finally got a dog before COVID. Nice. It's funny how a dog can really change your life. Oh, my God. You know, I've got a a Bureau Yorkie that is, uh, you know, I've always had big dogs. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So one day I came home with this little puppy. I was driving down Howell Avenue mm-hmm. and I saw this this uh, little store that says uh, Tiny Tykes. Mm. And I've been wanting to get a dog for a long time. And sure. I knew we were going to go into some kind of a, a shutdown, but it was before the you know mm-hmm. pandemic hit. Because a lot of people bought dogs when the minute they you had to stay in their houses. Right. We hadn't gotten that far yet. But mm-hmm. I knew something was coming down. Mm. And uh, yeah, I got this little tiny dog and... It was like buying a car, though. You know, it was like, she said, well, how much do you want to spend? And I, <laughs> and I said, uh, well, you know, maybe around 1000 or, you know, 1500 And I said, but I want a female, you know. And she brings the card out, and it's this big cage on wheels. And she says, well, I only have one female, and unfortunately, she's the most expensive of one. Course. And I said, well, what's the difference? And she said, well, this is a Bureau Yorkie, and they go between three and $6,000. And I'm like, oh, my God. Three to six thousand mm-hmm. dollars. I'll take half. Yeah, that's about <laughs> it. So I ended up, uh, you know, we were talking and that, and I said, "Well, that's a little more," you know. And then she puts the dog back in the cage, and the thing barks, and I'm like, "Okay, what kind of deal could we put together on this right. dog?" You know, and, and mm-hmm. I'm like, and she came up with it, and it was like they were asking thirty three or thirty four hundred, and I said, "You know, would you take twenty five hundred? And she said, "Yeah, I'll do that." You know. And I said, okay, you take credit cards. <laughs> it's like, you know, I mean, it was, it was interesting, but I, I can't, I would have paid 6000 for this dog. Right. The They're way life changers. Out. This dog has really got it, like my personality. Mm. This dog is so happy-go-lucky and mm-hmm. lovable, and they just nest right into your neck, and you're laying on the couch and being a couch potato. And right. they want to play, and, you know, it's just, it's like it's almost human. You know, I've never had a dog that was actually that you know, close and tight, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing. I mean, you know, they don't last long, but you know what, Right. when that day comes, it's going to be a heartache. That's for sure. For most of us. Well, two thoughts. Number one is when we got our little golden doodle, mm-hmm. it, it reminded me that the heart, one's heart has an unlimited capacity to love. Oh God. Right. You're right. It, it just, yeah. you know, you can keep adding people or pets to your life and there's no shortage you know you don't run out of love i think that's really a pet is a great reminder of that it's a great reminder and when you have a really good dog too it really make it really it really makes a big difference in your life in the sense of stress as well it's amazing i mean you can have a spouse or a relationship and you have that closeness to that person or, or whatever as a human but as an animal you try to understand what they're trying to give to you. And I have a really good feeling of as to what this dog does. I mean, this right. dog is just amazing. Well, one of the things that's so nice about pets is that they're present, yeah. right? Yeah. And and that's a struggle for all human beings is to yeah. be in the moment. Yeah. And that's what makes these pets so unbelievable. Right. And it's a great reminder that happiness is found in the moment. It's yeah. not what happened or what yeah. is going to you happen. You can have the worst day in business or, you know, worst day in a relationship or whatever. And when you come home and that dog is there, that dog just, you know, just reads you like, you know, like a book. Right. It knows when, you know, because it's almost like, you know, they're real quiet when they come up to you because they can sense that you're, mm-hmm. yeah, you're stressed. Maybe you had a day, you know, where we're working on a deal and trying to get something together. You got a seller or a buyer that's tough on something or whatever, but those animals just, uh, they're great. And then during the pandemic, I mean, I just got in the car and, I uh, took a drive out to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and never been there. And, uh, yeah, I took the dog with me in that, and that Mm -hmm. was quite the experience. And we got to Jackson Hole, and I was calling around a couple of hotels, and uh, 
she said, well, we don't take dogs. And I said, oh, okay. Uh, is it a, you know, one of these uh, dogs that's certified or whatever? I said, no. I said, it's not. It's just this cute little dog. And I said, if you see its face, mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about it. it. So the last place was the Four Seasons Hotel. Ah, there you 1400 go. bucks a night. Right. The dog got better service than I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. The dog must have called ahead. Oh, shoot. All the hotels I and tell said, you, hey. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. Don't, it was let, crazy. don't let us in. I'm, yeah. I'm aiming for the first yeah, season. dogs walking around. You know those little dogs, how they, mm-hmm. their little rear ends go back and forth like they're really hot crap, you know? Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it was awesome. We had um, a good time. So as we kind of wrap mm-hmm. up, yeah. what should I know about you that I don't? What's not obvious about You know, because we've you known know. each other a long time. But I not mean, that I, well. I think, like, yeah. like what, what should I know about you that I don't? Gosh, should have told me that, asked me that question before I got on today, you know, and put some thought to it. I mean, I mean, I'm just a, you know, you know, well, you know, I'm a giving personality. I like everybody to have fun in that. I mean, I'm pretty compassionate about things. When I take, uh, when I look at something that I'm doing or whatever, I mean, I really like to try and make everything work. I mean, but, uh, you know, I'm a a pretty sensitive guy. I mean, I really am. I mean, I don't try to show that, you know, Mm -hmm. so much. But when the day's over with, I mean, I really care about people extremely. Yeah. And uh, like I said, just be humble. I mean, just to be a humble person is the most important thing that anybody in our career can can be. People like to be around people that are happy. Mm-hmm. And I try to change a lot of people. I can just tell when they're sad. And I mean, you know, when people have divorces and stuff like that, it's not about just the business. Mm-hmm. It's about people. Well, what people don't realize is if you drive up and down the street and see for sale signs, mm-hmm. whosoever they are, half of them aren't happy moves. You no. know, they're economic, they're health, yeah. they're marital. Yeah. Um, and yeah, our job is to not only to We're make a service transaction business. happen, mm-hmm. right, but to be there for people. Well, and you know, um, I had sold a house in Mequon and uh, the guy lost his job during that recession. And, uh, you know, he said to me, he said, you know, this is the only thing I have left is the house. And he said, you know, I need to get every nickel or dime out of it. And I said, and, you know, and it, it kind of was interesting because he turned around and he told me, he said, you know, when I first got in, I had a Range Rover in the driveway. I've kind of rescinded back from buying a lot of, you know, I think our industry's changing to the point where it's not really always that good to look like you're really, really successful. And I've always had Range Rovers. A lot of people know that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he said to me, he said, well, I guess I got to pay for that, you know, jokingly. And I I knew he was serious about it. And he lost his job. And that really hurt. It did because I know this person's, and you know what? I could have been in the same position because if the market was that bad, right? I mean, we weren't making a lot of money, but it turned out that everybody, you know, our industry and our market was really good. So like a long story short, I told him, I said, don't worry about it. You've bought in two or three houses from me. I said, we're going to pay the co-broke. They're 2.4 or whatever the deal is on our MLS. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm charging the three grand. And this is like a million and a half dollar house. Right. So that would have been 50000 ordinarily. Yeah. He walked out of there because he was going to be backwards. Mm-hmm. And I said, we're going to make this work. Nice. And we got the house sold. And he got his check. I think it was about 35 or 40 grand. Because he said I would have had to probably sell something and then I'd have to pay off things. And I've never had a client cry. Mm. And the two of us were crying. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, because of that good deed, 
I mean, I could tear up right now thinking right. about it. Because of that good deed, he uh, probably sent me about four or five other clients. Nice. So I made that money up. He still sends me stuff. Mm-hmm. He said, if I didn't have that money to restart again, he said, we had to relocate, move out of the state, get another job. Yeah. But it was hard on a lot of people. Right. Absolutely. And I think that's what we have to look at in our industry. You know, it's not about the kill all the time. Yeah. Play it's the about, long game. Yeah. And it you works. Lead with your heart. Exactly. Totally. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing. Yeah. You're today. welcome. And it's good to see you as always. Yeah. I really I see you at some time at dinner. I know. Yeah. With Launch your beautiful wife, which is an amazing interior decorator. Thank you. Well, I should have her come out and do you. my house. <laughs> <laughs> Say hi for me. I will. I yeah, promise. Please. And uh, I look forward to our next deal. You got it. Yep. Let's keep this one together. All right. Okay. Thanks, Scott. You're welcome. So I'd like to give a shout out to Podcast Town Studios, our producer. No sleep for creating the music. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And if you believe that you or someone you know would be an ideal guest and would talk about not what they've done, but really who they are, why don't you reach out to me? I'm the easiest guy in the world to get a hold of. Thank you.